20% down is a very strong down payment. So people who don't have 20% down, there's other programs and loans out there where you can put as little as 3.5% down through FHA. Wow. Mm -hmm. Veterans loan is 0% down. Yep. Wow, even better. Um, some conventional loans can do 5% down. So there's options out there based on your financial circumstance. So that myth is not true. Okay. Debunked. Welcome, welcome to The Remix, the video podcast that keeps you in the mix of everything real estate. I'm Noelle Fryson and... I'm Eric Anderson and we are so excited to have you joining us today. Today we're going to talk about myths and how to debunk them or to bust them and it's all about home buying myths debunked. debunked. Very exciting. This is, what you're, this is what people think. These are the top myths that people think are real. So tell them who we have joining us today. We have our favorite Omar Sharif. Thank you. He not only is our flipping and investing expert, our budding developer, but he's also a residential real estate agent. So um, he's going to have a lot to say about this topic. And apparently he's the boss today. You can't see his shirt. You can't see it on his shirt. Residential residential broker. Is your first name Hugo? Oh, residential broker. Sorry. Residential broker. Hugo, no. Hugo. <laughs> Just boss. <laughs> so Hugo. All right. So we're going to talk about these big myths. So what's the first myth? So buying a new home means few repairs in years to come. What do you think, Noel? So I think that if you're buying a new home, nothing has been tested. It's all like, you know how you have quirks and kinks in things? Like when you get a brand new car, there's always... Squeak. Are you squeak? Is your chair it, new? It's like the squeaking, right? The squeaky when chair. When you buy a new car, there's always there's a light will go off. That's like you know the electrical is wrong. So I'm feeling like when you buy a brand new home, you can still have problems down the line because nothing has been melded together. I feel like in older homes, like the kinks have been worked out. The kinks have been worked out. The all of the systems have like come to life and have gotten to know each other and have melded. Omar, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with what Noel just mentioned, but also when you purchase a new home, part of the kinks coming together is settling, right? The new home has to settle in, and that takes some time over the course of a few years. So many people who buy a home, they see cracks on the wall, they get worried, but that's really just the house settling in, and it's not- I wouldn't buy a new home with a crack in the wall. Well, not major cracks, but you know, the- Well, most new homes come, I think they come with a one-year warranty from the builder. 10 years. Okay. Yeah, oh, is ten it years, a 10-year warranty? Major, major okay. stuff. And then, yeah, if you have a good relationship with the builder for the first year, you should have the minor things covered. Okay. So basically, if you live in a colder climate or where the seasons change, the ground freezes and thaws, and that's what makes your house move because your foundation actually moves. I think in the warmer climates, that doesn't happen as much. Uh, And those things, a lot of those cracks are covered in the homeowner's um, guarantee for either the one or 10 years or whatever it is. And also, I think it makes a difference if it was like built really fast. What's the quality of the world? Who built it? Like if it was built just on some like, let's get it up there and get it sold, then, you know. So basically you can have problems in a new house. So would you get a home inspector if you were buying a new house? Yeah, I absolutely would. Um, Because, well, well, the assurance that the buyer has is even if the home is built new and it's it's rushed, the city inspector still has to come in and, and Inspect the basics. Okay. So they still have to inspect that insu- insulation was put in. They can't. They can't step over these uh, minor steps. Um, so you'll get a house with the pieces there, but are the pieces fully intact? Is a real question. So right. Ho- yeah. So home inspector will come in and make sure that the exhaust vents are installed properly. They don't just go into the roof into the attic. 
Um, so these minor things are still required. So then it's not true. A new house means no problems. Agreed. There you go. <laughs> a new house with a faulty water heater. Right. Or a bad boy. A new house that doesn't have the right grounding in their outlets. All yeah. things that could be missed. Yeah. So, okay then. Get a home so inspector. A new house does not, does not mean no problems. Correct. It should mean less problems. Does it? Really? I feel like... I've never bought a yeah, new house. I've never not. bought... I bought a new car. I, I would definitely say it's less problems and they're much, much more manageable. Okay. Um, because They're probably more up to date too with technology, yeah. so and so forth. And you have okay. n- you have new roofs, new HVAC systems, so it's much more manageable. New septic, if you have septic. Yeah, there you go. Okay, next one. You'll need a twenty percent down payment plus closing closing costs, and a down payment is the only upfront cost. So most people think you need a twenty percent down payment. Most people think that the only cost is. That 20% down payment. Is that true, Omar? Absolutely not. Why not? I thought it was true. No, you didn't. It's not. It's you not true. You did not I just think bought a house. True. We all know that's not true. God, money. Like, well, I feel like at the, at, at the table, they're like, wait, you need an extra 50 grand or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mine was an extra 50. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Where did this 50 grand come from? Oh, my God. But, yeah, so let's talk about what extra costs are there. So let's let's talk about the extra costs first, and then we'll talk about the 20% down payment. What extra costs are there, Omar? So as with any transactions, there's transactional costs, right? Your attorney, appraisal costs. Title. Title, taxes, escrow, um, home, home inspection. Homeowner's insurance. Homeowner's insurance. And um, what else? That about, that about covers it. So all the transactional costs is what's not included in the 20% down payment. So your taxes, Some if you're getting a mortgage, the mortgage companies will make you escrow for taxes. So if your house purchase is $2 million and your taxes are 40,000 a year and, you're th- and that's uh, $10,000 a quarter, right? So you're gonna have to prepay probably at least one of your quarters. So that's $10,000 for that prepay. And what if you're in the middle of a quarter, won't you have to pay for the And you may have to pay back the the guy who's selling you the house. You're going to have to pay him back his percentage of whatever that is. And you also have to pay a mansion tax if you're in that bracket. And then you're going to have to pay taxes. So what's what's the mansion tax? 1%? 1% above a million. Okay. So that's another $10,000. So right there, that's, let's say, 25 grand. Then you've got your title insurance, which is regulated, but let's throw in another Mm -hmm. eight grand, right? Um, For that price range about, yeah. All right, so that's 25 plus 8, so that's 32. Homeowner's insurance. Homeowner's they, insurance. You have to pay ahead a year. Right, so let's say you're lucky. Let's say that's another 10 grand. So now we're at uh, 42,000. Um, what else do we What else do we miss? The legal fee, legal fees. Legal attorney. Well, attorney. So let's say your attorney charges you. Two grand. Two grand if they're nice. Yeah. So that's, uh, what are we at? 44,000. Four. And then we've got... Um, and then there's a whole expense of moving in. Oh, the yeah. recording costs, costs and all that other. There's yeah. a whole bunch of yeah. costs. You need to put like right there, fifty grand. A crap ton of money aside just for when you get to the table, and they're like, write another check. Yeah. Basically. So just remember, there's a ton of extra fees. Make sure you know what all your fees are. For us, for for David and I, I'm getting very personal right now. Um, we <laughs> we had to pay off some of our bills. Like they made us pay off a couple of our cars 
And well, you're talking about getting approved for your mortgage, so yeah, you're but trying we had to bring, to bring your, it to the closing yes. table. Yes. Okay. So that's that's in a whole other discussion. So, um, but yes, yeah, sometimes in order to get approved for something, you have to rearrange whatever your monthly payments uh-huh. are to get there. So that's a whole other topic. But good point. Um, all right. So let's talk about the twenty percent down part of it. So, do you need twenty percent down? Most people think you do. Omar, do you need twenty percent down to no. buy a home? No, there's you lots don't. of different buying options. What are the options? Tell us. Well, twenty percent down is conventional if you are a well-funded, um, not a, not really a first-time home buyer, but twenty percent down is a very strong down payment. So, people who don't have twenty percent down, there's other programs and loans out there where you can put as little as three point five percent down through FHA. Wow. Veterans loan is 0% down. Yep. Wow, even better. Um, some conventional loans can do 5% down. So there's options out there based on your financial circumstance. I will say the veterans loan. So David had a veterans loan for his first house. Yeah. We could not get a veterans loan. You know why? Because we're not, not married. Uh. You can't do a veterans loan with someone else if they are not your spouse. Okay, good to know. But there you go. So now we've got 0% down, 3.5% down. Um, 5% down, 10%. 10% down, 20% down. Obviously, you could put more. You could put 30% down. You could probably put 15% yeah. down. What are the What are some of the caveats? So not everybody can qualify for every type of loan when it comes to that information. So you have to be careful with that. Yeah. So can everybody qualify for a 3.5% loan? And then the next question is, is there a limit to how much of a loan you can get at 3.5%? Can I bring three and a half percent to a two million dollar purchase? No, I don't think so. No. Um, all right, so two parts to that. Those are good questions. Thank yeah. You. So as far as three point five percent, typically these are for people, for first time home buyers who may not have twenty percent down payment, who may have, who may need a larger loan to value ratio because it's your first home, you're still building up your finances. Um, second question was the limits. So FHA 3.5% loans are capped. It's called a jumbo loan. I think the new limits are right at about 750,000. So these programs change every year. And and FHA, Omar saying it's usually for first time home buyers. I believe anybody can actually use it. Well, but if you, if you own an existing primary home, you don't qualify for FHA. Got it. So, but you could, so one of the strategies that I talk about as a young Mm -hmm. buyer, someone who's trying to go the first time to buy something, use an FHA loan, put three and a half percent down, buy a two or three family house. Yeah live in it because you have to live in it for six months mm-hmm. then get out flip it and then go buy another one but that's a whole nother discussion about yeah. using well, the loans over again since you're on that but topic young young couples as well before you file your marriage certificate you should each buy a home as an fha take advantage uh-huh. of that then file your marriage certificate because you don't qualify for it anymore and then whatever rental income you make from that go out and rent something you got two properties uh, good to know that's actually go. really smart i'm not a young couple all right you're not a young <laughs> we're not young oh. yeah um <laughs> So that's three and a half percent, five percent. There's a new program that just came out um, called Affordable Home, or make something, some kind of program that just came out, okay. and that's five percent down, yeah. I think, or four and a half percent. Then there's a traditional, your conventional loan, mm-hmm. I guess, is twenty percent. But so there's so many other avenues that you can go. So that myth is not true. Okay. Um, next, getting pre-approved will hurt my credit. Will so- it hurt my credit? Did it hurt your credit? Do you no, know what a pre-approval is? I, d- I do know what a pre-approval is. I don't, but I mean, it doesn't hurt you. Well, there is a time frame in which it will not show up on your credit report. I forget. Um, I remember they did the they did the pre-approval where they pulled the credit, mm-hmm. but um, the, the mortgage broker I was working with was like, well, let's look at everything we can look at right now in this time frame. Okay, so typically 
there's a 30 day window right. that I know of, and you can apply for like 10 mortgages in that one window. Yes. And for 10 different companies, and it should not hurt your credit. And That's pre approval, exactly what I was trying to. Depending on the for. type of pre approval, some people do a pre approval with a credit check, and then some people do a pre approval without a credit check. So it really depends on your mortgage broker, your mortgage banker. Um, Omar, I think yeah. there's a, there's, when you're when you're repping a listing, yeah, and you're bringing that pre-approval, don't don't agents look for what type of approval that yeah. is. So tell yeah. us about that. So, I think you're referring to pre-approval versus pre-qualification, right? So pre-quals sure. don't mean anything, and if someone submits that, you can pretty much throw it out mm -hmm. because it's not something you want to make a decision off. A pre-qualification is stated income. How much do you make? What's your credit score? I'm not going to check anything, but if that's based on what you tell me, this is what you qualify for, and it's BS. Um, Pre-approval pre is what you want, and that's the des deciding factor on what somebody can can afford. There you go. All right. So that one well, is. I have a question what? though. If you're in the process of looking for a mortgage, um, when the underwriters see that you've been looking for a mortgage and that your credit has been dinged from looking for a mortgage, let's say it's taking more than the 30 days, won't they take that into consideration? They might. They could ask you, what were you doing? So sometimes you may have to sign an affidavit, affidavit saying, like, I was looking at mortgages for right. my home. And but um, so typically, if you're doing it one time within that 30-day window, I don't think there's an issue. Yeah, okay. there's not. Yeah. All right. So that one's not real either. Yep. Do your thing. Oh. Debunked. There you go. All right. Next. This is an interesting one. Avoid buying a first floor condo. I wouldn't think that's a myth. Why is that a myth? That is not a myth. Who cares? If you like the condo, it's on the first floor. What if you're older? You want the first floor condo. Yeah. Yeah, there's pros to it. Um, I think people so would maybe. Myth is what you're saying. I'm saying I didn't even know that people thought that to be a myth, but. Well, safety Google issues. Says it is. There's a lot of reasons not to buy a first floor. I'm going to give you some reasons okay. not to buy a first floor. One, most robberies occur on the first level. If you actually do research on burglary, first floor of anything, like a one story ranch house is more likely to get robbed than a two story house mm. because the burglars don't want to climb the stairs to go to the master bedroom Lazy or the primary piece. bedroom because that's where most of the, the values are kept. Right. So, okay. Then number two is if you're on the first floor, right, and you have five apartments above you, let's say you have somebody like Noel taking a bath on the fifth floor, <laughs> and Noel falls asleep, and all of a sudden the water starts going. The trickle-down theory. The yes. trickle-down. Where is that water going? <laughs> right. Right? Into my apartment. Where, and then also, like, you have a sewer backup. Your sewer line gets clogged, and all of that sewage, where does that go, Omar? What apart, What unit? Uh, straight down to the to the first floor. So yeah. actually, I think that mm. that's a real one. So it's not debunked. Well, that's my opinion, Omar. What do you think? I think um, <laughs> it's it's not real. No, it's it's a myth. You think it's a myth? Yeah. So you think it's fine to buy a first floor? I think condo. so. Yeah. In fact, um, my preference would probably be probably be on the first floor, if unless it's a high rise and have a nice view. Reason for that is because I like jumping in and out. I don't like the elevator. You like jumping in and out. All right, good to know. Yeah. Um, I think like if you're on a ski resort and you want to ski out of your unit, then having a first floor condo is a good answer. I, I know my son would like that. But so for me, I think this is a gray area. I can't say this is debunked because I wouldn't buy a first floor condo. Okay. Okay, but Omar, as he said, he I likes to jump I in would, and out. So I, ah, uh, Michael says if you're handicapped, you need the first floor. Yeah. So that makes sense. That makes but sense. But if you have a building with an elevator in it, 
you know. Yeah, it, but what if there's a fire? What if there's an emergency? How do you get good, out? It's a, it's a good point, yes. Yeah. So fortunately, I don't have that type of handicap. I have others. Um, so <laughs> I guess I don't think that way, but that's a good point if you did, you know. And I guess when you're getting older, you know, having that ability, as Omar says, to jump in and out um, or to slowly walk in and out may be good yeah. for a first floor unit. But So I, I would say that's like a gray area. I can't say that's debunked. Okay. Right, so... so that's like a, I still think that's a, a 50-50 either direction. Right? Yeah, yeah. All right, next one. Schools don't matter if you don't have kids. That's, that's I don't eat why I think some, some, I don't know why someone would think that the schools don't matter if they don't have kids. It's going to matter on so many levels. One, what, what when levels? you have kids later. I have two, kids. right? But two, what about your resale value when you resell it? They're gonna want. They're gonna want to know about the school system. I mean, everything is based around the school system. That's where most of your taxes go. But it depends. You don't have kids. It depends Tell me exactly. What you think. So I, I don't think you have kids, Omar. Yes. Yeah, so I don't Maybe think he has kids that we don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, thankfully. But um. Oh, a baby Omar would be so cute. But go ahead. In the future, maybe. But all right. So I, I don't think the school system matters much. Why? Um, because as far as home values, I do agree that school. And homes and neighborhoods with good school systems maintain the value, true, but I have a home and I don't have kids. I don't really care about the school system. So you don't have a school? I don't, I don't, it's- But when you resell it. But when I resell, it'll maintain its value. It's not a bad town. Yeah, but when people come, when people are looking for homes, when families are looking for homes, people with children are looking for homes, the top thing they're looking for is to get a home in a good So I, I do agree with that, but- Based on the town's activity, it's a good town. Location is good. Those mm -hmm. factors for me are more important right now. And there's plenty of people who are going to... And don't most of your taxes go towards schools? They do. I support that. <laughs> so I think that being in a good school district helps your house sell faster. It does. It keeps a wider range of people that want it. There's the people like you that have no kids. And then there's the people like Noelle and I that have kids. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the people that send their kids to private school, so they don't care either. But I think that that helps the value. I think it'll help things move faster. I th actually think it'll help hold the value up too, because it if does. you have a really good school system, um, so so yeah, so those those yeah. towns have higher priced homes as well, right? Yes. So towns with Usually. that don't have blue ribbon schools, they still have high demand. There's still inventory shortage in our area. So I think as far as home values, it's not I'm, not, I'm not concerned that I'll lose value in my home unless we go through another crisis, which everyone gets affected in. So I'm gonna say that this is debunked because I think that the school does affect you. I, I agree. Yeah. It's two against two against bachelor. one. Hey, it's good. all right, I'll debunked. take that. But Yeah, so I think it's a big factor. But um, you you can have your opinion and I we're gonna have ours. I think it's one of the only, I yeah. mean, it's it's one of the biggest factors. Definitely. And Brenny was in uh, private school when we looked for the house, but I still was looking for some place with with a good school with system. A good school yeah. system. Yeah. So I agree. School is very important. Debunked. All right, next one. Buying is always better. Buying is always a better financial deal than renting. So this is like right up mm. Omar's alley. Come on, Omar. I'll give my input on it, but I'd love to hear uh -oh. yours. As well. <laughs> I think it's not always better. Um, the common belief is that you have to buy because you're throwing rent out the window. And that's the reason for that is because most people don't know what to do with their money once you save it up, except put it in real estate. So if you have a down payment, if you have $100,000, $150,000 saved, how do you invest it? Most people have no idea. So the first thing they think is, let me put it into real estate so I could avoid paying rent. But for those of you who have an idea of how to spend $150,000, it's a much better use of your money than buying real estate, your primary home. 
Okay, I was about to say, are you saying that people should not buy real estate? No, I, no? Think, I think the options are limited and when you consider the risk, uh, risk uh, involved in other investments, mm -hmm. real estate stands out. Right. But a primary house is not an investment. That's a myth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, a primary house is a liability, yeah. not an yep. asset. Yes, most people think it's an asset, but it's not. Yeah, so there's plenty of wealthy people renting who refuse to buy a house and they're doing perfectly fine. We just don't hear about them as much because the real estate industry has propagates home ownership over anything else. Well, what's great about home ownership is it's yours in theory, right? And then if you have kids and you don't want to ever have to worry about moving out of a school system, right. a home being a homeowner guarantees you in theory you that you get that. to control your own destiny. Where if you rent something and unless you sign a 10 or 20 year lease that locks you in, you could be you could be in a situation where you have to move your kids out of out of that school system. But you saying know. that buying is always a better financial deal and we're looking at the finances of it. When you buy, you also have to keep up all the repairs. So when you're yeah. renting, yeah. you know, financially, it's, it's almost never yeah. easier. Financially, yeah. it's it, if you compare apples, it's almost never a better financial deal yeah. to buy than rent. So, so oh, it so it all it also depends if you know if you, if you think the market's going to go up if you're buying low. But I agree that um, this is a myth that we've debunked. Debunked. Um, you know, I always talk about cash flow. And if you are, are looking to keep your cash and your expenses mm -hmm. at a certain point, it may be much cheaper to rent that house than yeah. it is to buy it. So definitely a, a myth that is debunked. So awesome. All right, next one. Single family homes are more affordable than multifamily dwellings. Hit it. This is right This now. is a big one. I don't see it. Where is that? You don't need to see Single it. Single family homes hear what homes I are say. affordable. Single family homes are more affordable than multifamily dwellings. That's a myth, right? Why? Yeah, well, Why? Are also uh, that's right. Okay, um, a myth <laughs> because myths. when you have a multifamily home, you get, have a second source of income for one that helps you with your taxes, mortgage, and expenses, and actually reduces your total out-of-pocket expense compared to a single-family home. Okay, so this is just like the question we had or the myth we had before. This is about cash flow. So if you can buy a two-family home, right, and you're Upstairs rent is $2,000 and you're living on the first floor and your mortgage payment is $3,000. You only have to spend $1,000 a month, right? We're taking all the other fees out of this. So now when you go to get your mortgage, they're going to look at you having to pay that $1,000 a month instead of the $3,000 a month. Right. Because that single family home probably would have cost the $3,000, let us yeah. say. So in yeah. theory, it's actually cheaper and easier for you to buy this two family house or this multifamily house than it is the single family home. Right, because the, the rental income from the second unit counts as your income. Yes. And the bank looks at that as your additional income. So it's like having another salary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, debunked. Debunked, okay. Yay. This is a good one. You must sell your current home before buying a new one. Uh, it sounds like it's easier to sell your new home. No, you must. Well, no, you not you you mustn't you not mustn't I don't know. <laughs> it's not a necessity. Is it a necessity? It can be. In most cases, it can be. Okay, why? Because when you buy the new home, your income has to support the debt on that new home. And right. if you have an existing home, now your income has to support the debt on both homes. So the bank is going to require you to sell one, unless you make substantial money that could support both houses. You're going to have to sell one. Okay, so you're saying that it's. True for many people. For many people. So then it's not a myth. It's yeah, it's not a, it's not a myth. So you'd say this is a 50-50. It's a 50-50 because you can also rent your existing house. Yeah. And then buy the new one, but that that's going to require a lot of uh, maneuvering 
because most people who buy the new house need to live in their existing house before they rent it, and the bank wants to see that house rented before you actually move out. So there's a lot of balancing act. So basically, the in the average world, this mm -hmm. is the truth. This is the truth, yeah. Yes, but yeah. for some people, it's not a truth. Yeah. So I would say this is a 50-50 also. Depends mm -hmm. on your financial situation. You know, the more... Um, the more cash you have liquid, the easier it is to buy another home right. yeah. without selling your first one. Um, and as Omar said, if you rent it, because you do have to qualify for, mm -hmm. you're gonna have to, if you keep that first one, the, whatever payments you have on that one are gonna be added to the payments you have your, with your new one, and your income has to justify paying for all of that. Yeah. So a um, little bit complicated, not something that can't be done. So it's not, I'd say it's a 50-50. And I will say that you want to sell your yeah. old house. I mean, even if you your income can support it, because what I found is that you get very complacent and you don't move on selling the old house. But what's another reason? That's what's been happening in my <laughs> in my world. Yeah. Well, what's what's another reason to sell the primary house? Uh, to free up equity. Because a primary house, once you sell it, the equity you gain from there will help you buy more money. stuff. Is not. Taxable. There you go. There you oh. go. Yeah. Oh. Huge benefit. So you oh, should wait, sell it. Re rewind, rewind. Tell me that again. So if you own a primary house as a single individual, you don't have to pay taxes on the first two hundred. Providing you live there for two of the past five years, you don't have to pay taxes on the first two hundred fifty thousand capital gains that you make on it. Oh. If you're a couple, it's up to five hundred thousand. Right. So, so you can make five hundred. So if you bought your house for five, yeah, and you're selling it for a million. 500,000 tax-free. Tax-free. So you should always sell your primary home. So you're rich. Yeah, okay. you, you should never turn your primary home into a rental. You should just sell it. You don't pay taxes on it. Okay, good point. That's a very That's good a point. That's very good Good point. to know. So then that is... Um, is was that debunked or not? Yeah, well, it's still 50-50. It was 50-50. But if you throw the tax piece in, then it makes it more lean yeah. more direction. But, okay, next one. Your pre-approval amount will be the loan amount you're approved for. <laughs> your pre-approval amount will be the loan amount you're approved for. That's a myth. Why? Because your pre-approval amount is it's like a snapshot of what you give at that time. Right. And that could change by the time you're ready to get the loan. But that's not why. Your pre-approval amount is the amount that you were. I know why, because for. I read the little blurb, but. Okay. Let's hear it. Why? Tell us. Appraisal. If you appraise for a different amount, then you can get approved for a different amount because the mortgage company isn't going to give you like if you're if you're approved for five hundred thousand, right. and the appraisal comes back for the home at four hundred thousand, they're not giving you five hundred thousand; they're giving you the four hundred. Am I right or wrong? They're going to give you X percentage of whatever that right that house appraises for a hundred percent. You're correct. Based on your incomes being able to support that. Yes. Correct. Okay. That's what. All right. Yeah. That's what you mean. So in other words, just because you're approved for a million four, mm -hmm. right? If you're and let's say that's twenty percent of whatever. So let's say your house appraises for less. So 20% of whatever your house appraises for ends up being a million three. They're not going to give you the million four. They're only right. going to give you the million three. Right, right. Okay. Okay. So depending on what your appraisal comes in at, the, the most banks or the conventional loans will only give you whatever they agreed to, whatever that loan product was, whether it was right. 10%, 3.5%, uh -huh. 20%, whatever it is. That's what's going to... Um, dictate what you get in your in your loan, not what the approval is. So don't think that just because you're approved for more and, and it appraises for less right. that that you can take that money and like, you know, get a new kitchen right. or something like that. It all has to it. it all has to match. All those things have to match. Right. Um, 
it's very, very important. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but just don't get excited and say, oh, I can get a million four and I can buy a house for a million five. No, it's not going to work that way. It has to appraise right. for a yeah. certain amount of money to fit that program. So wouldn't it be nice if you could just, you know, get the more money, but go ahead. Yeah, oh. it would be nice. Debunk. Debunk. We debunk that one. Okay, this is a big one here that we're all going to have opinions on. Is it a big one? I think it's a big one. I think it's a, I think it makes, I mean, okay, go ahead. You don't need a home inspection. Of course you need a home inspection. You don't need a home inspection. But I'm saying of course you do need one. The myth is you don't need one. And they're wrong. Why? Because you don't know what's wrong with the house. You get someone who's an expert to know what's wrong with the house. I cannot walk around the house and be like, oh, there's, a, there's this problem here and this heater doesn't work. And, you know, this crack means something. You're saying it's yeah. a crack that's supposed to be there. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I want an expert to do it. And my mortgage company is going to want the home inspection. Wrong. No? Why wouldn't they? Because they don't care. They didn't look at it. All a mortgage company cares about is a certificate of occupancy. Mm -hmm. So a certificate of occupancy, your CO, if you can get that, and if you can get that without a home inspection, you they can close. Care? They don't care. But, okay, here's my question. If the home inspector goes in and says there's nothing wrong and then there's a major problem that you find, can you sue your home inspector for being wrong? Probably not. They have errors and omissions. There is some, there is, I mean, yes. I mean, you can definitely sue anyone. Um, and there are clauses in there, but if a home home inspector misses something, there is some um, culpability there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the limits are, but the hundred percent it's there. So then, yes, I want to I want to do a home inspection just so I can sue someone. Okay, Omar. I well, to, you should do a home inspection. It's not a matter of saving. If it's if it's a matter of saving a few hundred dollars to skip it, right. always pay the fee and get it done. But there's times where you don't need a home inspection. Like what? If there's multiple bids and you have to waive the inspection to get the house, that's a decision you have to make. Mm -hmm. Calculated risk. Is it worth waiving the home inspection if everything looks right? Sure, you'll you'll uncover some issues, but how much out of pocket will you really pay for? So if there's multiple bids, you have to waive the inspection sometimes. So wait, you're saying that the mortgage the title company didn't want the home inspection. No one wanted the home inspection except for us. The buyer wants the home well, inspection, yeah, yeah. right? So, but those—that's the no one. It's not. It's not necessary. And I guess you could argue a seller may want want it in some respects because then you can't sue someone afterwards because you had an inspection. In but, theory, well, at, but at the same time, you could sue, but it would be less likely. I don't think that falls on the seller because nothing typically survives closing. True. Buyers beware, right? But I've heard of people suing after closing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah. happens. You it's know, but it's almost happened to me. I mean, I don't think that's a myth. I think it's true. You Thank don't you. need a home inspection. So I would say that's not debunked. I would say that's true. You don't need a home inspection. I would say it's 100 percent because for most buyers, because it says to avoid paying, mm -mm. you don't want to save a few hundred dollars and skip the home inspection. But there are certain cases where you should. But you should skip it is. The myth is you don't need a home inspection. That's no, not a myth. You really don't need, you a, don't home need a home inspection. Myth. You can buy a home okay. without a home inspection. Yeah. That's hands down. Agreed. Yes. So that's true. You don't need a home inspection. And many times when you buy investment properties, I always skip the home inspection because you have to buy it as is. So. Yeah. Sometimes you can get structural engineers. There's all kinds of ways of moving around this. And again, as Omar said, if you're in a bidding war, yeah. you know, sellers are going to be like, hey, I can go sell it to this guy for the same price or $5,000 less because he's waiving his home inspection. Why wouldn't you do that? You know, it would be smart as a seller to do that, to get out of it. So. Yeah. That's debunked. Right. I mean, it's not debunked. It's not That's a debunked. real. It's I real. Have, you don't, don't need a home inspection. For that. 
I'm sure you can think of Thumbs one. Up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, next. If your home isn't in great condition, no one will buy it. Someone's going to buy your home. There's a buyer for everything. Yeah. You might not get the money you want for it. Okay. You might not get, you know, everything you want, but someone will buy it. So yeah. do you have to fix up your home, Omar, typically? No, not at all. So what would be the reason not to fix up your home versus the reason to fix it? Is it if it's too far gone? Yeah. If, if, it's, if, if you've lived in there for 30 years and you haven't updated anything, what are you really going to fix? Right? Some people just haven't done anything. So putting a new sink or faucet is not going to help. So if I have like 1970s wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. And, and some people, you know, they, even if you paint the house, it's not going to do anything. Okay. So 1970s wallpaper, I have that avocado green. That's what's in my kitchen sink. right now. Oh, is that, is that why I came? That's the why upstairs I thought kitchen. Yes. Avocado. It's avocado green. The whole kitchen is avocado green. I'm so, I want to get rid of it. I'm living in it. But, um, like yeah. your shirt almost. It's, it's, it's just like my shirt. It's a little bit lighter, a little bit more 1970s. But, um, yeah, it didn't stop us from buying it. Okay. So, cosmetically, you're saying if it's not updated, yeah. it's not worth it. Just leave it as is. Yeah. Yeah. If everything is not updated, it's not worth making minor repairs. Okay. So, it's not worth fixing that one bathroom. If you have five is, bathrooms yeah. and they're all avocado green and you make one beautiful it's not gonna make a difference. modern. What if your fiance's ex painted the whole living room tropical blue and made little stencils on the wall that looked like you were under the sea? Wow. Get a mermaid <laughs> as your broker. I would probably paint over that. Yeah. So that's an example where that's something simple you would paint. Yeah. Yeah. If it's one room, I'm going to assume the other house. Rest of the house is not tropical blue. No, the rest of the house is not tropical. Yeah, so blue. if it's something small like that, why not get it done? What about if you have like beautiful hardwood floor or hardwood floors that are covered with like avocado and yellow, like what was that horrible yellow, like the, wheat yellow the, carpeting, uh, yeah. and you know you have hardwood floors that are probably Would decent. You take off the carpeting. It depends on the condition of the rest of the house. Because why have nice hardwood floors if the rest of the house is deteriorating? Or would you just tell them that there's hardwood floors underneath there and you yeah. can do whatever you want? Because most people are like, oh, well, then I'll remove the carpeting myself and do what I want. I think visuals. People can't see past stuff sometimes. I think visuals are more important. Yeah. No, but if you rip it out, you have to do something to the floor underneath to at least... Right. Just show it. It's, hard, it's hard wood. You can sculpt it however you want. It's a project, though. Right? Yeah. All right, so then basically people will buy. So people will buy anything. They'll buy anything, but you will pay for it with the mm -hmm. price you get. Okay, so basically they'll buy it regardless of the condition. It's just going to be based on yeah. a lower price. Right. Okay, so then that is a myth. That we just debunked. Yes. There you go. Yeah. That is All right. Myth. Next is you will recoup remodeling and home improvement costs when you sell. Hmm. Yeah. So that's a, actually a perfect second question after yeah. this. That's a big maybe um, because it depends on what you remodel. Some people, if you put a gold faucet in, you won't get the money back for that. Okay. So it really depends. You have to What put, if you update that kitchen? Now that's a huge cost. Yeah. Kitchen remodelings are huge, right? Yeah. yeah. So let's say you have that horrible house that um, is not in great condition, mm -hmm. but then you gut the kitchen. Yeah. And now the kitchen's gorgeous, but the rest of the house is still crap we'll definitely get the money back for that you will really? but not but now it depends worst case if the rest of the house is falling apart obviously not but if the rest of the house needs minor repairs and you spend a lot of money in the kitchen you are going to increase the value because that's one less thing that the new buyer has to do so what areas of the house should you focus on um that would recoup the cost 
traditionally kitchens, bathrooms, mechanicals. Living rooms, kitchens, bedrooms. bathrooms, mechanicals, explain. Like the heating system. Heating okay. system, if the electric panel is outdated, that's a big, big okay. update. And, um, you know, make the home functional and in move-in condition. Now, bedrooms and living rooms are pretty open canvases, so not, not a big deal. Bathrooms, kitchens, if you update those, you typically will get the money back as long as you don't overdo the repairs. Mm -hmm. So if you put all luxury finishes and gold-plated items in a kitchen in an area that's home sell for three, 400000 you won't get the money back for that. What if you have a crappy bathroom you put some bath fitter in there? <laughs> you just make put the lipstick it on work. the pig. It could, if, depending on what similar homes are offering, it could work. Okay. Yeah. Um, but now if, it's, if that's the only thing you do, then no. Right. All right. Okay. All right. So, so wait, that's that's uh, um, I guess it's a fifty-fifty. Because you get you could get half and half. So I would say that's like a, a half and half. You just have to know what you're doing. Yeah. So, okay. Next one. Um, it's your house. You can do what you want. It's your house. You can do what you want. What do you think? What do you think? No, you can't do whatever you want. Well, it's your house. Yeah, but, you know, there's, I mean, there's whatever the laws are in the immediate area. There's the zoning. There's the, uh, who are the people that, the planning board. I mean, if you have a homeowner's association. Oh, that's the worst. We would not buy anything with a homeowner's association. Why not? Because you can't, like, put, like, a reef on your door. What if you wanted to put a big reindeer head on your door for Christmas? Okay. And they're like, okay. no. You know, has, have, you ever, have you ever watched Frasier? No. Okay, well, there's Maybe. this episode of Frasier where he wants to put a door knocker on, and it's like this whole big whole thing in the condo association. Okay. But, like, it's just you, you, you can't do whatever you want. So, basically, you can do whatever you want, providing you follow the laws of the municipal government, you follow the rules of your homeowners Which means association. you can't do whatever you want. Yeah, so that's actually um, that's debunked. We can't. No, it's I not mean, debunked. We can't no, it is debunked. build a dock going out on the, the little pond. Right, you can't. We can't, it's, okay. it's not permitted. Okay. So. All right, so then then it's true, it's debunked. It's debunked, you can't do whatever you want, people. Debunked. You can't do whatever you want, that's scary. Okay, right on with that one. Homeowners associations aren't a big deal. Yeah, Joseph written here, he was like, homeowners association. Homeowners, everybody know what a homeowners association is? It's the devil. It's literally the coven of the devil. Like, it's horrible. They, like, somebody gets a bunch of power, and they decide that they are just going to say that you can't have this color on your door, and you can't have this, and, you, and everyone has to look like this, and it's the worst thing in the world. And it leaves you no imagination and just creativity for your own space. Omar, do you agree with that? I do. I've never dealt with one, thankfully, but that's all I hear about homeowners associations. So I've managed tons of buildings that had homeowners associations. So it's either amazing. You have either a great group of people that are super nice and super friendly and they all help out and they want people to work together. Or you have a couple sticklers that are like this, this rule, like at nine, 9 a.m. Everything has to happen. And then at 9.01, they're calling the police on you right. and they're calling the management company on you. So um, I would say that's that myth is uh, is debunked. Homeowners associations are a big deal. Yeah. You have to know what you're getting into. And you pay them. You have to pay. You pay a homeowners association fee just to have these people tell you what you can't do with the home and the land that you own. That's crazy. But that's all. That's all there to help protect you and protect the situation and all that stuff. Um, 
just remember that it's just like the government, right? So you elect somebody and they're there for a short amount of time. Same thing with the homeowners association. So you could have a great group today. They could be there for a year. That president could move because once you move out of that area, you're no longer part of the homeowners association. So you never know what's going to happen and you never know what's coming. I will say I was on the condo board when I lived in a condo and I, I fell out of, I fell out of Love. interest. Yeah, because it was really boring. But you do feel this like surge of power. It is a, there is a surge of power there. Like first you have to get elected. So I was like, ooh, everyone loves me, right? And then when you're there, you tell people what to do. Did you get reelected? I, I dropped out before. Ah. Yeah, I was like, uh, I have other things to do. Is that how you first got into real estate through homeowners association? No, all right. not at all. <laughs> but that, so that's basically debunked. Yes. So it's debunked. Debunked. So, all debunked. Um, we had a great few debunked issues here today. So we're done with our big, big, big debunked. Can you think of any other things that are debunked? Off top, give me a few. Uh, you don't have a few. You have five seconds. One, two, three. Buying a home is a liability, not an asset. That That is true. Big one. No, buying that, a home is an asset. Buying a, buying a home a is a liability, liability not an no, asset. Liability. No, but what, you're, what we're debunking is the myth. So the myth is buying a home is an asset. A home is your biggest asset. True right. or not true? It's false because it's a liability. Your biggest That's liability. debunked, yeah. right? So people think that. Do you need a real estate agent to sell your home? No. Or so I should say, you need a real estate agent to sell your home? No. Ah, there you go. So that's debunked. Anyone? I think you do, but okay. I think you don't necessarily need one, but I think you're dumb if you don't have one. But it's not, it's not 100% true. No, it's not 100% true. There you go. However, I do run a school that makes real estate agents. Well, so we I think real that everyone needs a real estate you'll agent get, for everything. So I would say, here's another. You get more money using a real estate agent Correct. to sell your home. That's true. true. No, that's true. True. That's mm, true. That's true. That's a, that's true. There's that's, a fact that's I not could look it up on true. NAR. Look up the, the statistic on NAR, on yeah. the National Association of Realtors. So anyway, tell them where to find us. Ah, so guys, if this floated your boat, press the subscribe button right below. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Find us on Apple, um, what are these called? Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast or look at your podcast on YouTube, you find us. Also, you can go to recareercenter.com. And if you have something that you want us to tackle, if you have something that you want us to talk about, email us. Email us at the uh, Center for Real Estate Education. Our, uh, info at recareercenter.com. And, right? and we want to hear what you think is debunked or should be debunked. And we want to hear what you think our biggest, uh, the biggest myths are out there in real yep. estate and investing for real estate and buying or selling a home. Right. So remember, if you visualize it, you can own it. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys.